Uh, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another uh, another episode of the Pals Podcast. We're your pals, George and Rick. Uh, on this episode, we had a guest on that we've been trying to get on this podcast for quite some time. Honestly, it's been um, months. We are a big fan of his work and what he's doing in the in the Canadian boxing scene, but also internationally. Uh, we had Lee Baxter on, who is like his founder, CEO, what do you want to call him, of Lee Baxter Promotions. Um, for those who don't know and are not big into the boxing world, this episode honestly was one of one of my favorites, and I think Ricky can concur. Um, Lee, I mean, I'm an I'm an above average boxing fan. I follow the sport very closely, and, and he taught me a lot. Um, a lot more than what I knew, but he also broke it down um, for you know the very average or, or people that don't even watch boxing. Um, it was a really fun episode. Told some funny stories. Uh, someone that we'd love to get back on and talk uh, talk more more in depth as as you know things go on and boxing events happen. But anyways, it was a terrific episode. I think you'll really like it, whether you like boxing or not. So tune in. And my pal, take it away. I will. We want to give a special shout out to the people who keep the lights on and the people that allow us to have this amazing studio. Erdinger, great beer. It's the number one wheat beer in the world, German style. They're actually the presenting sponsor of Toronto Oktoberfest, which is taking place at the end of this month, September 30th and October 1st in downtown Toronto, right at Ontario Place. Uh, we've talked about Oktoberfest in a previous episode. Georgie went to the one in Germany, uh, which is super cool. This is the closest comparison you're going to get in the city. Super cool event. So uh, big shout out to them. If you go to the link in our bio, we're going to post a, a special link for you guys where you can get $5 off tickets to Oktoberfest using the coupon code PALSPOD. Boom. That's it. Get your tickets. We'll see you there. Me and George are going to be there. We got our hats on. We're going to be drinking our beers. So that is all. And let's get into the episode. Heck yeah. We have our manager Danny here to do it, but she uh, she kind of fucked off on us today. That's no, she got a golf tournament in Ottawa or something. Yeah. Oh, fuck you ever do golf deal. at all? Um, I'll play. <laughs> You're like I'll, me then. I wouldn't really be recording the score. I'll finish the. 18 yeah, you, you finish. <laughs> I ain't Canelo. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky's a guy who goes to golf. He goes for the uh, social aspect. Yeah. I, I drink on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff gets done on the golf course. Though. Oh, fuck. not yeah. golf stuff. Deals, yeah. business, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so we were just saying, uh, the first thing I want to kind of start with, though, you were saying, we were talking about it before we started recording, Canelo and uh, Triple G. So I, I didn't watch the fight. I actually, going into it, I think I've watched like most big fights in the last, like, I don't know, decade. And for some reason, I was like, I know, I think I know how this is going to end. Like, I actually didn't have any desire to watch it. Like, no care. Well, I think from public's perception, you have two guys at their peak competed 24 rounds against each other and it was very close one guy is going a little higher and the other one is just getting older and now they cross paths again at a bigger weight class that's more advantageous to the guy that's in his prime okay. i think it was kind of inevitable what was going to happen is just how was it going to end was it going to be a decision was he going to stop him um was he going to have this devastating performance that bivol says hey let's do this rematch um but I think there was so much pressure on both parties from DAZN because they both had signed lucrative contracts a few years back because both of their first fights were on HBO. So 
to get Canelo was we got to do this mm-hmm. and give him huge money. To get Triple G was we'll get you the rematch and give you huge money. And then things started falling apart. And then I believe it was way too late. It probably should have happened a couple of years ago, right when uh, HBO closed. But I don't know. I wasn't really impressed. Yeah, I watched the highlights. I, I just like I. That's all you needed to watch. I did a run over here, and as I got here, I was like, "Oh, I should probably watch as a talk." You know, like Jay's in thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they got to do boxing in five. I was literally just thinking five. that. Yeah, just thinking. Yeah, that. yeah like within like, and I was watching the highlights. Yeah, and boxing it was like eight, in five, right? Yeah. Or boxing in ten or yeah. something like. Well, that. I was watching an eight minute highlight. I just yeah. I went on YouTube, and I was walking. And I was like, I have a ten minute walk to get here. I was looking at it. And I'm like, this is like boring. Like I was like, yeah. and then I was watching the last few rounds, which got a little more competitive. But I want to ask two things. The first thing is going back to the first fight. Yeah. Do you think that that Canelo? Uh, do you think that um, first fight was the Triple draw, G? Yeah. Right. But they, and a lot of people thought that Triple G. I was at that fight. And I think it wasn't convincing any direction. Okay. When you're at it, it's even harder. Because, yeah. like, the fans are swaying so much with the with the noise momentum from the Mexicans, right? Yeah. But I would say, man, it's boxing. Like, either, like, it wasn't like, I got robbed. No, it was like, if you won, Canelo would have said he got robbed. Yeah. If Canelo won, you would have said he got robbed. So, I think it was, the narrative was good to do a second fight. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the fans actually make a difference in boxing? Like, we talk about, like, home field advantage all the time in every sport. And like, do you think the fans really make a difference when you're fighting? Yeah, to a small percentage. Like, judges are looking, but ultimately, you're still hearing everything behind you. You have to be swayed a little bit. One of the things, actually, on that note, so I was at Canelo uh, Bevel. I was down to Vegas to see it. And I sat... I wasn't. I was in the lower bowl. I was kind of in the side. You know where, he, where the ring walk happens. Yeah, yeah, Mariachi, yeah. Mariachi bounce like literally right in front of me. Yeah. So it's farther than the past fights I've seen. So I you could see most of it, but it's still a little bit far. And it was on single to mile, so like it was ninety five percent Mexican crowd. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it was going nuts, and you would hear the cheering. So as I'm watching it, like I didn't drink that much in the fight. I was kind of really zoned in, and I was like, okay, this is not so bad. And the guy next to me, I'll never forget this. He told me, he goes, I'm from Monterey. I put 5,000 down on Canelo, and the payout was, he was the heavy favorite going yeah. in. It was like he would win 1,000 for 5,000 yeah. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I was like, man, that seems kind of risky. Yeah. Um, but we're watching, and I'm like in it. I'm like, okay, like I, I'm a big Canelo fan, and it, it seemed like he was in it. You know, I remember, I'll never forget it. It looked like he snuck an uppercut through the guard, and then I was like, oh my, okay, he's, he's whatever. And the crowd, crowd's going nuts. But then as it went on, it, they started to fade a bit and you could tell the guy next to me the whole time was saying he's gonna, he's losing. He's losing from the beginning of the fight. Mm-hmm. When I went back to watch it, like it didn't look like he was even close. Like yeah. even the uppercuts going through didn't get really, wasn't really any good contact. So I would say like on that, I noticed it because I was like, oh, Canelo's really in this fight. Watch it after. It's not even, it doesn't. Yeah. Really well, when you think about it, Canelo's a good finisher. Um, and you sit on the edge of your seat for the whole 36 minutes thinking that even if he is losing the first five, six rounds, all of a sudden he landed a big shot. Okay, the closing's coming out. So yeah. the, the crowd is like, no, he's winning this fight. And you forget what happened 20 minutes ago. But the yeah. truth is, every round you get a 10 or a 9, and they just start adding up in the bank. Yeah. And people forget that. And they, they might say, well, for the last 15 minutes, he didn't do anything. Yeah, but what did he do for the first 18 or first 20? Yeah. 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 The second question that I said I want to ask too did you think this fight with going back to Canelo and Triple G, did you, did you expect it to end in a knockout? Or did you think it was going to go the whole no, way? No, I thought that it was going to be exactly what it was. Yeah. I thought Canelo would do more. Um, I think Triple G, he looked old, but he still has so much experience. 
that he was not going to get knocked out because he wasn't taking the risks to get knocked out. Yeah. Like, he, he would have to be countered. He'd have to walk him into a shot that he didn't see. He's just too talented for that to happen, even at an older age. So I thought he would play it safe. And then in the later half, if he thought he could try, and he might take a little bit more risk when Canelo's slowing down a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Um, Canelo did get start getting caught around, like, the ninth and 10th round. But. Yeah. He, um, one thing with Triple G that's interesting, like, I haven't seen all his fights. But when I watch him fight, it doesn't ever look like anyone has really, really hurt him. Like, he seems like he has one of the strongest yeah. chins yeah. in boxing. No, it's true. Um, and, like, not to jump around, but even if you look at um, Usyk and Joshua, like, you you feel the same way towards Usyk. Yeah. And then Joshua really had him hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never really seen Golovkin in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of off topic a little bit. Well, on topic, but pivot a bit what is the best fight that you think you've seen recently um something that was memorable something that you thought like wow this guy could be the next great an upset that believe it or not i really thought that that bam kid that was on the undercard that fights at 115 um he's gonna fight the winner of chocolatito and juan uh, estrada i thought he was gonna be the the guy like and then yesterday he had such a lackluster performance okay right now a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. Just tilt it a little bit. Just we can fix. There you go. Perfect. I'd say I can give you this. I can give you a laundry list of who, as a promoter, even if like I, I turn into a fan for. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a bad fight that Javante Davis is in. Um, I'm always excited to see Virgil Ortiz fight. Um, and I, I'm, I'm dying to give money and buy what it, I don't, I'm sure I'll be comp the tickets, but I'll pay for whatever to see this Spence Crawford fight. It's going to happen. I think, yeah. I think it's getting announced tomorrow. Oh yeah. 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 yeah November 15th. Oh, I did not know it's coming yeah, out soon. Yeah. You yeah. Think, what do you think it'll happen in, uh, in Dallas? No, Vegas. No. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, <laughs> that Crawford will want that. Like they, they can still, I'm sure they could put 50,000 people in Cowboy stadium. I was at, um, Spence Ugas, his last fight. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I think there was about 45,000. Yeah. Um, but, Vegas is Vegas. You can charge whatever you want at the gate. That yeah. 15,000 people can be equated to 20, 80, 100. Yeah. yeah. Are you right. for, Rick, are you familiar with uh, Spence and Crawford? No. Okay. Not a you you maybe give some context. So Earl Spence is... Uh, yeah. um, I know Javante Davis. Earl Spence basically is the guy that Mayweather retired from. When he was sparring him and he f- felt oh, his yeah. power and stuff and they were in the gym... And he was like, okay, this is the next wave. Like, I think it's time for me to get out of here. I did not know that. Um, he has never lost. He's been involved in a lot of controversy. He was drunk and, like, flipped over a Ferrari, got ejected out of it, had a whole facial reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. Shit. So it was and, like, that's like three, maybe two, three years ago. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't know if he was going to fight anything. Yeah, so they recessed came- his IBF title and then allowed the other people to fight for it until he was healed, came back. And, like... I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but when so you look at um, we do whatever we want, <laughs> there's no you, set schedule. <laughs> when you look at Devin Haney and how he just beat Cambosis and how Cambosis beat Tiafimo and how they got a unification of a whole division, it's just on one fight. They took all the belts from yeah. one fighter on one fight. Where Earl Spence is going, who's the champion? Okay, it was Cal Brook. I'm going to go to England and take the belt off him. Okay, who's the next champion? Okay, I'm going to go take it off. Uh, Danny Garcia. Okay, who's the next champion? Okay, I'm going to take it off Ugas. Like, he's doing one at a time, taking it from the champion. Not, oh, there's a vacant title or there's some politics behind it. And now he's after Crawford. Now, Crawford, 
I've never once seen that guy in danger. Like yeah. he's just so special. For a long time, they said maybe even still that he was the best pound for pound. Like yeah, for a while, yeah, yeah. He held I would, that title. Like it was. Yeah, I would have to say he's got to be up there if he's not in the top three. Um, I think both of them could be. It's just that Spence is at a disadvantage that he didn't bounce around from weight class to weight class. But I think he can. He has the ability to do it. I know at one point he was talking about going up to 60 to fight Canelo. Um, That fight is just... It's like a bull in a matador, and it's it's genuinely like a like a buzzing fight right now for this era. It's interesting. You can see, like, I've watched a few of Errol Spence's his fights. He's uh, even at his weight class. I don't remember which fight it was. I don't think it was versus um, uh, oh shit, who's the guy that just retired? Um, Ugas. No, he's on he's on the zone now as a commentator. Um, Sean Porter. Sean Porter. Yeah. When he fought Sean Porter, and there was another fight after that, like. He is no uh, Errol Spence is noticeably bigger than most of these guys. Like he, like for his weight class, he just looks like he towers over most guys. Like yeah, he like, looks what, like this, he like, he fought in Toronto. I don't know if you know or not. No, I didn't. Yeah, know so Adonis Stevenson fought um, Carpensi. Head- yeah, not the show that I did. This nope. was in 2015. Okay, and PBC just launched, and uh, they were trying to move Spence all over the place, and he need uh, one of his fights fell out, and they wanted to fight a South African that couldn't get a U.S. visa, but we got him a Canadian visa. I was involved, and then. He fought there, and he trained in my gym on uh, on Dufferin. Come on, uh, he's huge. Yeah, huge for a welterweight. Like he probably walks around with like 185, 190 pounds. Well, yeah. you like, so, what's welterweight weight? One forty seven. Yes. Yeah. Or dropping that's a, dropping a quarter of your body for right? a fight, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mayweather fought at one at welterweight. Yeah. Also, yeah. 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 yeah one forty seven. Yeah, but isn't Mayweather only like five seven or something? Five eight. Yeah, he's about five eight. Yeah, Spence is probably about five ten. It's so crazy too, though. See, it's so different. Like a different weight, like at the same weight class, you can have such different body types and different oh, styles. Yeah. It's just crazy. Oh, for sure. Like Mayweather, I don't like. The last guy I can remember he knocked out was Ricky Hatton. That's the only for some reason that's the only one that sticks out in my mind. Like he would not knock many guys out from the last bit of his career, but he wouldn't. I think get his last stoppage was um, Victor Ortiz. Because Victor that, Ortiz was apologizing his, to him and stood yeah, there I remember with that his part. head out, and like yeah. he teed off on him, and he still barely fell down. Yeah, like, yeah. that was a crazy one. I yeah. mean, wasn't he losing that fight too? Uh, like, it, it was, was like the third round or something. Like fourth round. Mayweather's fights are always like the first couple rounds yeah. are always controversial. I actually like, wanted to ask this: What do you guys think about Mayweather doing all these like random charity bullshit fights, exhibition fights? I like, believe I feel that. like it like st- like taints his reputation. Like he's just hundred like, percent selling out for the bag. It's like, bro, yeah. you have so much money. Do you really need to do? You know to do how this? much he made? Sorry, one second. The year he fought Pacquiao, he was the highest paid athlete that year. Do you know like how much half he made? a billion or something? No, he made just on that fight alone. I think was. I think his take was three hundred million. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in and around maybe because he only fought once a year for the last few years of his career, and I believe I'm on a list. He was the highest paid athlete that year. And think about that. He probably trained for a camp for twelve weeks, maybe. And he, someone like him, maybe not. And he fought for an hour, thirty six minutes. So now, that. now fast forward a couple years later, and he does the same thing against a guy that's never boxed professionally Logan, Logan in his Paul? life. No, 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 Conor McGregor. Oh, Conor McGregor, and yes. he made three hundred million for that. Bro. Or maybe that was the year. Maybe I'm mixing the numbers up then. No, Pacquiao. Pacquiao was close to, th- I think it was like two forty or two fifty. Yeah, because all the pay per view revenue, but he surpassed that revenue with uh, Conor with McGregor. the Conor fight. The thing with Conor, I didn't have an issue as much with, is because like Conor being a mixed martial artist. I actually I watched that fight. I thought it would have like I'm not someone who's like oh this is a, a sham for the sport. I don't care. Conor McGregor went what like eight ten rounds, ten rounds with him. Listen, and he hit him once. 
that I was like, in okay. the second or third round, he hit him with the most unorthodox uppercut that yeah. I was like, whoa. He did like a Showtime little, like, did such a good job that I'm actually believing <laughs> he might win. Like, yeah, this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's like when you start fighting, I, I think he fought some uh, Asian guy like a couple months ago, like knocked him out in the second round. In or Japan. Japan. The, guy, the guy cried, I think. And I'm just I, like, I, what I the fuck is this? I'm like, am I, am I really watching this right now? Like, you got guys like even Anderson Silva turns into like a boxer and starts doing this. And it's like, yo, you're one of the greatest mixed martial art artists, uh, yeah, mixed yeah, martial yeah. arts yeah. fighters of all time. Now you're fighting Jake Paul. Like, cool, great. Like, I, I get it. Get the bag. I'm all for it. But Anderson Silva didn't make nearly as much as Mayweather did. Like, Mayweather is no, literally the Mayweather. greatest boxer of all time. And now you're fighting Logan Paul, this, uh, this Asian dude. Who's made? Uh, he, I think he has another exhibition. Yeah, he just up. announced another fight. Another one. I'm just like, is this just for like is. TikTok and shit now? Like, what the fuck's happening? Well, I think he's just capitalizing on his name, image, and likeness. Right? Yeah, like, but at but, some point, you got to say like, when do you stop being a hooker? Like, yeah. it's, just, it's basically like, oh, hey, monkey, how much can I pay you to dance? Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. How, but when you have how much, this much money too, it's like, wh why? Like, are, are you burning this much money that you need to keep making a hundred or two hundred mil a year? Like, do you not have investments and in like? Other shit that's making you money now, and that's the more boss play is I don't ever have to get in the ring, and I'm a legend, and yeah. my money makes me yeah. money. Like Muhammad Ali, imagine he's just at the time doing these ridiculous, like uh, oh he's a news reporter, and and a lot of people listen to his yeah, stories, yeah. so I'm gonna box him because I'm partially slow. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it, it's interesting because I think it's two things. I actually think it may be like he's just not great with his with his money. Like you, see, I mean, you I, see the videos, I, I, like, right? We all see what, what my he favorite spends things money. to watch back in that day more than the fight was like the HBO twenty four seven and the Showtime. Like they twenty four seven is still one of I think the best that did it. And it shows behind the scenes yeah. that guy would have like a, you know one fight. Um, he would have all white cars. He'd have the Bugatti, the Ferrari, the Lamborghini. They'd be all white. The next year, he fights someone else, all black cars. Mm -hmm. Like he would just, like he spent, arguably, he probably spent it all. That could be one thing. On the other hand, the one thing he's always done better, well, not better than everybody. Sorry, yes. The one thing he's always done better than everybody is he always knew how to stay like top of mind in the media. He would call so many guys out. So that I will so, I will say is not him. That's Leonard Ellerby. Okay. And like when I promoted the show with Mayweather Promotions at uh, Air Canada Center, I became very close with Leonard Ellerby because okay. we were the ones doing all the work. And um, he's an actual genius. He literally... Oh, so he's the one. Like He's not, the brains. Okay. He's the brains. So Al Heyman's the manager. Yeah. He's the one that's getting all the bag. He's the one that's negotiating everything with Showtime. He's positioning them with all the musicians um, because oh, he all was those involved. He was involved. Came out yeah, with him. he was involved with Live Nation and, and the startup of that. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, Leonard Ellerby, he's the one that got him on Dancing with the Stars. He's the one that got him on WWE. So you think you got this black American that was born in um, born in Detroit, wasn't he? No, he oh. he's born in Grand Rapids, but Grand in Rapids, Michigan. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, from the hood. Yeah. Dad was a boxer with a crackhead. Mom was not in the life. So he's not going to trust many people, and he's not really educated. So Leonard was very smart, and he's like, how can we make this guy a household name to everyone? He's like, okay, first things first, let's get the wrestling crowd. We're going to make him go on WWE. Yep. And now all of a sudden, when that guy that was on WWE is fighting for his next pay-per-view fight, that crowd's going to tune in. Okay, how do we hit the middle-aged women? Let's get him on Dancing with the Stars. And they're going to fall in love with him there, and then... So they knew how to make him like how a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that boxing doesn't have right now. Because like you're saying, with these, these fights that um, 
are not boxing credible people can be in the ring s- simply because of exposure um it's kind of diluting what a real star is because so so many people are just so like well, aren't uh, they saying that ryan garcia isn't he like that next like celebrity yeah, he would be the first, boxer he would be the first one yeah he's boxing but like mainstream boxing because like he's crossover a, yeah he's yeah. a good looking dude he's all over tiktok he's, he's all over three million on on instagram yeah I he's yeah. like oh look again i'm not a boxing fan i'm like just your average yeah. average yeah. Joe. i know the big names i know the the kind of the superstars but again like i remember watching garcia fight i think i watched that at your house yeah. when he fought that uh the white dude the one we got knocked down yeah luke uh, campbell the, the, um, the rib shot yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he was like From some England. olympic wrestler yeah, some yeah he was olympic a gold boxer. medalist yeah. From, uh, yeah, yeah so i remember watching that i'm like hey this is cool this is like he's a fun young dude that just like wants to like be famous and be good at boxing mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i think him and davis are supposed to fight soon aren't they yeah they're supposed to but like here's the problem um you you look back now and you see all the stuff that people used to go through that were high level pros that was just buried, like in terms of um, abuse or, or like substance addiction and all that stuff. And now it's just so um, welcoming to have problems that because it makes for a better script. Yeah, it's like oh well, Ryan Garcia he's going through mental depression and he needs to go to rehab. Okay, and call me an asshole. And I'm not saying that shouldn't be cared about because it's a real thing. But from a public's perception, this Spartan that is supposed to be the number one in the world should not be able to be beat up by all these things. So like a lot of the boxing fans start losing interest in him. He might get bigger on TikTok, but now like the hardcore boxing fans, like guys that would be backing someone like Marcos Maidana that's been in gangs and been stabbed and been shot or or guys that are like mental problems. Like, what are you talking about mental problems, bro? I'm from the hood in in Argentina. Like there, that doesn't exist. You, you pull your, put your work boots on, you go to work. Like we're men. Right. So I think, um, it's, it's tough because you want to please everyone, but you can't this day and age because everyone has a voice. Yeah. That's actually it's, yeah, that's it's very a, interesting. That is an interesting take. It's funny. And I bring up Marcos Maidana. I saw that he was at the fight yesterday. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Just a quick segue. Man, my Don was probably the one of the few guys that actually hurt Mayweather and like had a chance against him. I believe in the first fight, he technically could have got the decision. Yeah. And like he was a, he was a like dirty fighter with a headbutt. Like mm-hmm. I remember when he rammed his chin up or his head up, up to Mayweather's chin. But it was so interesting to see like kind of after those fights happened, how he just like, there was pictures of him that came out. This guy, he looked like, uh, Argentinian version of Pablo Escobar, like yeah. big barrel out, like have yeah. guns on the table, like yeah. just back in the uh, yeah. like yeah, like he it, had like revolvers tied on his yeah. waist. He ran an Argentinian gang of like fifty or eighty yeah. people. Crazy, like, they're big street dudes. Yeah, yeah, and he came over to L.A. He barely spoke English. He got with Robert Garcia, and he was like a grinder that was kind of like the in-house opponent. And then he pulled the upset on Adrian Broner. Yeah. When he pulled the upset on Adrian Broner, then. He got the opportunity for Mayweather. Yeah. He gave him such a good fight that he got a second fight. Yeah. But this guy was never paid much, maybe 100, 200 grand a fight. And then all of a sudden, I, Broner was probably like closer to a million, pulled the upset. And then he probably got like five to 10 million per fight with Mayweather. Uh, with yeah. Mayweather. But you take all that money back to Argentina, man, you're a god. You're loaded. <laughs> yeah. loaded. You're a god. 100%. Well, who, was that? who was the bigger um, the bigger Mexican dude that pulled up the the upset against, uh, was it? Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. That was a crazy fight. One thing before we kind of dive into that, because I want to talk about like heavyweight stuff like that now. But I guess on Ricky's point um, of like the, how, you know, this, this like more the social media side coming into boxing. 
One thing I want your opinion on is someone who's a promoter. You're, mm. So you do you promote and manage? Uh, no, nope. I just promote. I used to manage. I managed okay. in order to understand the industry instead okay. of diving in as a promoter and then losing my shirt. A okay. lot of guys come in and they come in blind. And like the promoter is the one that cuts all the checks. Yeah, yeah. So I want to be the manager to see who he cuts all the checks to and how it all works before I just say, hey, I'm going to start promoting. And then people are telling me what I'm supposed to be paying them. And you're getting the raw end of the yeah. deal. And, all and that's that stuff. what okay. usually happens. Big business guys fucked. that are monsters. Like like Fortune 500 guys, like I want to get into boxing. It's like the, the coolest sport yeah, to yeah. get into. They get in and they have no idea what supposed to be, people are supposed to make, what things are supposed to cost. And then they just go broke because they can't make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Not, I think that's a, that's a really good way to go about it because in any business, right, you want to know how the, how the mm -hmm. kind of the foundation gets laid. Mm -hmm. On that side of things, you know, obviously having more eyeballs on the sport is a good thing. Yeah. Boxing was for a while, I, I th in my opinion, I think the UFC kind of rose really fast and there was a few years like where, where you know, boxing wasn't a mainstream thing. I think now there's a lot of guys in different divisions that have name brand appeal. Maybe not like Mayweather. Um, but also with social media and all these fights that are, you know, are more, a little bit comical and, and social gloves or yeah. whatever they call them. Do you think, um, do you like it, hate it? And also do you think it's going to benefit or be a detriment in the long run? So I think that, um, I can't say I hate it because there'll be people that talk to me about boxing that never would have talked to me about boxing if this stuff wasn't happening. Like Jake Paul did a lot for the sport. Yeah. I will say that. Now, there needs to be some sort of a way that they can regulate the the level of professionalism. Um, because Jake Paul can't just say, hey, I want to play a game in the NFL. Because you don't care. Yeah. He, he just can't. Because just because you're a professional doesn't mean you're on the same level, right? So, But you could play probably a game in the CFL on the third string and get called up, yeah. but they're still professionals. You see where I'm going with this? Well, one like, of the things too, he, that guy that's a cornerback, third string on the Argos, could never be calling out like Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's just yeah, but, it. It, but the way that boxing is, there's no leagues, there's no levels. It's like that guy that has two pro fights could be calling out Canelo and technically they could fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, on that point, I think you're 100% right because one day I think someone will get seriously hurt. In thousand percent. Like people get seriously hurt all the time. Like <laughs> I think it was about a, a year or two ago. There was a professional who was in a fight and he died. Yeah, yeah. But, and that like, happens. That's, I'm not going to say regularly. No, more but common those are than accidents. About, so. Those are, you know, like two trained professionals getting into it. Accidents do happen in yeah. any sport. But I think like one day... Okay, maybe not Jake Paul because he's on a different level on his team. He, they pick their he's opponents. He's taking it pretty, serious. He yeah, is and, taking and it they very take serious. Their, and they pick their opponents yeah. handpicked and it's yeah. the team behind him is, is genius and they're going to, it's no doubt in my mind the Paul brothers collectively will be billionaires at some point in their life yeah. because yeah, they're, they're, they're just too big and their teams are just too just fucking on point. Yeah. But you're going to get a guy like I don't know, maybe like this KSI guy or one of these other okay, so Anderson Gibbs. Did you see this KSI thing? The last fight where he fought like two guys in one night? Yeah. Like one guy's turning his back around and like Exactly. And it's, like, it's a joke, that, right? That, yeah. But that, one day, these one of these TikTokers, one of these YouTubers, one of these like, you know, I don't want to say everyday Joes because they're not, but one of these social media celebrities is going to call out the wrong dude and not prep for it properly and the wrong dude's just going to actually fucking kill him. And then it's going to be this whole uproar like, oh, how, how did we let this happen? How did we let this happen? It's like, yeah. I don't want to say we are the problem because I, I don't buy any of this shit. And I, I doubt you guys do either. But there's like everyday Joes who just follow these guys on Instagram. Oh, they're fighting social gloves. $70 pay-per-view. I'm going to buy because I want to see what's going to happen. And then mm -hmm. like someone's going to fucking die one day. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, how did we let this happen? It's like, well, you guys bought tickets to this. Actually, I think the last one was a big flop though. The last like 
Yeah. So I think there was it's one gonna, in I think it was Cali or something, and it was like apparently a big joke. There was like a thousand or two thousand people in the stands in a forty thousand person stadium. Well, I know for a fact even Jake Paul's last fight that got canceled last Tr- minute. Triller can't. I think it was no, no, no. He was fighting on. He was supposed to fight the Fury's brother, wasn't he? No. Oh. After Pierre, um, after Tommy Fury, there was a replacement, and that's Hasim Rockman. Yeah, son. yeah, and he but was an actual were, boxer though. Yeah. So Hasim Rockman. Hasim Rockman was a heavyweight. Out, like a yeah, he knocked out boxer. Lennox Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So he. Um, he turned around and his son, I think I had like a hundred amateur fights and he was in camp with them. So then they turned around and, um, and they're going to fight each other. But I know for a fact that there was about like 1500 seats sold yeah. uh, on fight week and, and in Madison square gardens, like, and they canceled they, the whether they want to admit it or not. Like Dana White has an interview where he's like, you know what I think? I think it cost five fucking million dollars. No, I think it cost a fucking million dollars to turn the lights on an MSG yes, and they didn't sell yeah, any yeah. fucking tickets. And, Hotels and transportation is expensive in New York City. Absolutely. So it's like, listen, just because you see it in the media, it doesn't mean that everyone plays above board. It's a dirty sport. Like, if Uh, if we weren't selling, you cancel the show. It happens all the time. All the time. It's better to lose a fucking million bucks than lose 10 million. And everyone just magically gets COVID on shows that aren't selling. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the perfect out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess to to sum it up in the long run, do you think that, you know, because to Ricky's point, like, it, it, would be a debt, not maybe to the sport, but it would be a detriment to have a negative, uh, like Paul cast over boxing if somebody did get seriously hurt in one of these social fights. But do you like, do I you think, think it'll that fizzle all these out. eyeballs? I think it'll fizzle out. Just yeah. like X, wasn't it like X NFL or X football? Remember XFL. that thing? That was, a, that was another thing. Oh, and yeah, then, the XFL. Remember like celebrity boxing? That yeah. was another thing. Yeah. Like it's buzzing right now because these people have a lot of eyes on them. Yeah. But like, you can only watch bar fights for so long before you want to watch a real competitive yeah. athlete fight another real competitive athlete. And yeah. it's it's entertaining because um, you got two people at a low level competing for something. But the truth of the matter is, is exterior fans are not buying into it. It's just these people have a fan base already. So these people are cult-like. They'll do anything they say. If they're going to play golf, if they're going to pound a bottle of champagne, they're still going to get the hits. That's a fair point. But they're not going to make like mainstream media cover this stuff and say, wow, this is a growing thing for the sport. Well, that that's where I think the divide comes between like professional boxing and then you have like Barstool's Rough and Rowdy. Yes. Barstool's Rough and Rowdy, it, it's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what it's promoted as. Like fucking just random dudes just that don't box coming in, throwing haymakers. It's dangerous. It's stupid. It's dumb, but it's entertaining. Yes. That's that's but a separate thing. They should do that. Go do that. With YouTubers. A hundred percent. And TikTokers. And get that in. Rush the Don't numbers. put them in MSG and call it a, like a 10 round fight when someone could potentially get seriously. Yeah. Cause I, I like, I'm, I think it's disrespectful to the people that are grinding in the gym for the last twenty years. Bro, and then you get you, you get guys. guys that like who want to do this and they're like putting in the time, putting in the effort, putting in like, and they're not getting the shots because some YouTubers got more followers than he mm-hmm. does, right? Mind you, like happens in again, a lot of, it, it's all about money. Right? It's all about in, fucking money. Happens if you're at a DJ, happens if you're a singer. If yeah. you if you can get clicks and you can get views, at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. Because um, a lot of people like you know, let's call. I don't want to call them like artists, but they, everyone has a craft, right? At the end of the day, there's also like everything comes down to dollars and cents. Unfortunately, I mean, if you are by far the best at your craft and you're exceptional, the money follows. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, someone like Jake Paul can go and step in with the big, arguably the greatest fighter of all time, and also get paid sh- a shitload Logan of money. Paul. Mind you, allegedly hasn't been paid yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it, it, in the long run, I do think there could be a benefit to the sport in the sense that, you know, I got into the sport. My first fight I ever remember watching was um, 
uh, Canelo versus De La Hoya. Okay. Uh, Canelo, uh, sorry, Mayweather versus De La Hoya. Yeah. From that moment, I was hooked. I was like, this sport's crazy. This is unbelievable. So, you know, like all these guys who watch, you know, KSI and Jake Paul, they're going to stick around? Probably not. But somebody who saw um, a McGregor versus Mayweather probably now says, well, I was a UFC fan. Like, I'm now over to boxing. Someone who saw Logan Paul fight Mayweather, maybe they're like, okay, it's a bit of a spectacle, but, you know, this is kind of a cool thing. So, I don't know what the percentage that sticks around is, but I do think that I think it can have a net positive effect on the sport and help grow it and bring more of that mainstream media to it. Because, you know, you don't you turn on TSN, you'll see, I, I see UFC Friday night, um, like was on fight on last night, and I see the highlights there. Boxing, I don't see it on, on TSN, right? It's not. So, I think that... The real problem is TV networks have got into bed with promoters exclusively. Um, top ranks in bed with ESPN. Can't get stuff on ESPN if you're not top rank. Oh, that's a good point. Um, Showtime is in bed with PPC. And DAZN is in bed with Matchroom. And so Golden wait, Boy. wait, that's, that's so fact? That, yeah, that's oh. a known well, thing. You see like, that's that's why top. some fighters don't fight each other because they're with certain promoters that are married to certain networks. Wow, I had no idea. Now, if let's do the math Is this here. legal? Like, Sorry, or is yeah. this just and Lee, just to yeah. clarify, for, this, I think this is true. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I actually didn't know this until recently. Um, if you fight in like a stable for a promoter, the promoter will most likely match up guys within their... Um, or manager matchup guys there and occasionally crossover, but so what they'll do is they'll usually match guys within their stable, or they'll find an opponent that is in a stable that they're willing to give Sorry, them. Sorry, what's a stable? Money. Sorry. So, like for example, let's say you're a promoter, you're a promoter, I'm a promoter. I have twenty guys signed to me. You got twenty guys signed to you. You got twenty guys signed to him. Right. Most likely, if you are getting funded by ESPN. You're not going to put your ESPN cash cow over on Showtime to get his ass kicked. Yeah. Because then your deal, my, goes, your deal goes I'm going to keep my guys. So what you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, why don't you give me the guy that you don't care too much about? And I'm going to bring him over to ESPN. I'm going to get this guy and overpay and bring him over here. So your cash cow, your cash cow, and my cash cow are never really crossing paths because we don't want to lose our TV deal. It's also why a lot of these big, big fights, like an Errol Spence and, uh, and thing, they're not the same. No, so like you look at Earl Spence and Crawford. Crawford literally just went to a legal battle with Top Rank to get a release from his contract. Now he's a free agent. So now Al Heyman is approaching him to sign him with PBC. So then when he signed with that organization, then he'll fight Earl Spence. So hypothetically, if Earl Spence loses... Well, then they still got both guys. Got a new guy now. You know yeah. what I mean? Now this guy st- and keeps, it could be a, keeps a, Showtime happy. Like another happy. fight in a trilogy, whatever, and it's yeah. going to pace for itself. So before this, and this is when I first got into boxing, this stuff wasn't going on. Sorry. And then after, I want to hear how you got into okay, boxing. No I'm always so curious because it's like, did you just like fighting as a kid? And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm bigger than everybody else. I'm going to fuck this dude up. <laughs> you know what? Let me figure out. Let me get into this business. Like, I'm curious to know because I was like thinking, well, how the fuck do you so, well, tell us but, that part about like how it, where, how it was when you got into it and then kind of how you got it. Okay. That so, makes sense. Yeah, for or sure. Um, Whichever way you want, man. Yeah. How I got into boxing was I opened a tattoo parlor and I didn't even like How old ta- are you? I, how old am I now? 30. No, how old were you? At I the time? was. 12 years old, 27. Okay. I was running nightclubs and I was like, I don't want to be the guy that's in his late 40s, still running nightclubs, going home at four in the morning, no kids, no 100%, family. 100%. Just So let's open some business. A friend of mine's little brother had a tattoo shop that he was kind of like, um, like he came from a wealthy family, didn't really have the greatest work ethic. And he's like, I don't think I can run this. And I said, no, I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to buy it. So I did that, not knowing anything about tattoos. Got in blind 
and started hiring people like, how do I pay you? How does this industry work? Like nothing. Figure that out a little bit. And then I was like, okay, I got to get stars in here to be able to get um, clients in here. So I went to, I got invited to some boxing match in, um, in Mississauga, the Hershey Center, and Sam Vargas was fighting. And there oh, was yeah. 6,000 people there. And I was like, what? How is this happening? I didn't know about this. And I was like, that kid looks like some rough Spanish guy that has some tattoos. Let me tattoo him. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, can I Same tattoo you? If, yeah. if I tattoo you for free, maybe all your fans are going to come get tattooed in my shop. So as he was getting tattooed, I don't even tattoo, sorry. Like the artist was going to tattoo him, but my shop was going to tattoo him. Um, as he's getting tattooed, I'm picking his brain on how this thing works. And I'm like, bro, what? You got paid that? It doesn't make sense. Like look at all the people that were there. Like someone needs to manage your career. This thing needs to be big in Toronto. And then um, him and I went back and forth. He didn't think I was experienced enough to manage him. I managed a couple other guys. A year later, came back around. I started managing his career. And then I said, okay, my goal is to manage you for five years on the grounds that after those five years, I'm going to be the promoter in Toronto that brings highest level of boxing to Toronto. Um, because every other sport that comes here flourishes. Like, I know it took 20 years for the Raptors to get there, but TFC, mm -hmm. they're the only a, a Canadian team um, with the Jays. Like, even the CFL still does 30,000 tickets. So I knew there was a market here, but Toronto's not going to buy into, like, bushwagon crappy fights. They yeah, want, yeah. like, the highest, highest level. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> there was a lot of work that had to be done. So at that time, it was around 2012 is when I got into the industry, 2015 when I promoted my first show. So back to where we were talking. TV networks were not married to a promoter. You had to bring a fighter and the network would marry to the fighter. So like main events had Sergey Kovalev. Um, Yvonne Michel in Montreal had Jean Pascal, had Adonis Stevenson, mm -hmm. had Lucien Boutte. Um, Don King was a big player. He had a lot of the guys. Golden Boy had a lot of the guys. Um, Top Rank had a lot of the guys. But HBO Boxing would go to whoever that promoter is that had that guy, and they would put on the fight. So if you're with Top Rank, and sorry, you're Top Rank, you're Bob Arum, and you got a whole stable of people, but you work with HBO. You're Oscar De La Hoya, and you're Golden Boy. Well, you got Danny Garcia, and you got um, Timothy Bradley. They're both HBO fighters, but they're two different promoters. So the promoters were forced to have to work together because the fight was going to take place on HBO. When HBO decided to get out of boxing because they felt the money wasn't there anymore, um, Showtime came out with this whole PBC model where they bought What's all... What's PBC the, stand for? Uh, Premier Boxing Championships. Okay, gotcha. What they did is they signed about 200 fighters. They had a big startup. They got a bunch of money up front and they bought television so they bought instead of getting money from tv they bought the the, the airtime so they bought nbc they bought uh espn they bought um bounce bet um fox um showtime basically almost every free to air television they bought it and then they pushed boxing out every week or two so anyone that didn't have premier television could watch boxing every week made them recognize that the brand is like a household brand if you fight for pbc you must be top level and then they screwed all the networks and then went back to showtime and said hey showtime guess what we're pbc ESPN got stung so hard because they invested so much money into it that they said, we're out of boxing. So now HBO's out of boxing, ESPN's out of boxing, and Showtime's the player. <clears throat> so the problem is when HBO got out of boxing, top rank, Bob Arum, a 90-year-old Hall of Fame promoter, said, what do we do with our company? We got nowhere to, to put our guys on. 
Well, he used to promote Muhammad Ali on ESPN, and he had the deals with all the libraries and everything. So he goes into ESPN's office and says, hey, let's do an exclusive deal. You'll never get screwed over because it's just top rank and ESPN. We brand it together. So now ESPN's back in the game. So now Golden Boy doesn't have a home. Matchroom, which is uh, Eddie which Hearn. is Eddie Hearn, but it's actually Barry Hearn. So Barry Hearn's been been doing it for like forty years. Eddie comes out, and Eddie wants to be Dana White of boxing. He seemed that's the vibe I always got. From. Yeah, he it's, like a, it's about Eddie. Yeah. So Eddie, genius, goes to this new startup, DAZN in UK. I want to be the Netflix of sports. All right. Well, I'm the guy to take you there, but we got to go to USA. So Eddie has his deal with Sky Sports, which is the reason why he's such a big deal, because Sky Sports is premium. Like, they're just everywhere. Um, then he convinces DAZN, what we're going to do is we're going to take this platform to U.S., and I'm going to sign all these fighters, and they can only fight on the DAZN platform. He did that, but the problem now, like you were saying, how do you not see the highlights, is DAZN is a streaming service. Why is TSN or ESPN or Sky Sports going to air the highlights for a subscription streaming service. There's no revenue there. You're point. driving traffic. It's Away like it's like Blockbuster saying, "Hey, why don't you go to Netflix?" Like it, it didn't make yeah, any yeah. sense at that time, right? No, I'd be like Amazon Prime showing highlights or showing trailers for Netflix movies. Exactly. Yeah. It does not make sense. So, what's long story short, what's happened now is you have these trains that are trying to control an industry but they can't cross the tracks to make mega fights and they can't really get the proper exposure because the only exposure they can get is their own supporting like highlight reels or, or supporting shows or anything like that. Of everyone we've ever had on this, on this show, that is one of the most thorough and like easy to understand explanations of yeah. something within the domain that someone <laughs> has. I'm not even kidding you. Like I... I mean, you don't you don't fall box on. You understand no, exactly. I, like I get the, it. Yeah, yeah. That was a very well put explanation. I did not know all of that. Yeah, and I followed the sport again for a while. I didn't realize so, how. And I mean, and I knew Eddie Hearn was the yeah. zone. I knew some of this stuff, but but to second your point, when you said UFC was so prominent, like Dana White is a fucking genius. Yeah, he, he turned a sport into a lifestyle. But but he turned a brand into the sport. sport like yeah. like the ma majority of yeah. people they yeah. don't say, "Hey, did you watch the MMA fights?" <laughs> like, "Did you watch UFC?" Like it's UFC. You fight for the UFC belt. Yeah. Like the promotional company holds the sanctioning body's belt. It's like a Bellator world title is nothing. It means nothing. nothing. As an MMA like starting point, you want to be the UFC champion. Guys, like, would, I, I would just venture to guess most guys, if they said I can go to UFC and make ten thousand to fight a Bellator, and make a hundred in the early days of their career, they're, they're going to the UFC to get the thousand percent. Thousand percent. But that's but that's interesting too. And then on that point, like I think Dana White and the Fertitta brothers bought it for like I think three million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And I think they just sold it recently for either. I don't know if it was a billion or three no, billion. No, it was more. I think it was 2.1 billion. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was some a lot. Once, once, once you get to 10 digits, it doesn't fucking matter. And I think that's really in like 15, what, like 12 years, 15 years? I don't even know. It wasn't that long ago. Like, yeah. anyways. He, they, yeah, he um, turned it into a household name. But that's one of the things. Go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, I just want to. When you said that UFC was making a prominent push and boxing was falling off, that was in that transition period where all these networks were in shambles. So you didn't have an American heavyweight champion that was going to be on TSN, on Sky Sports, on all these different networks around the world. You just had some guy that was on Showtime. And if you didn't subscribe for Showtime, you Canada doesn't air Showtime. Like He's no not going to be a Mike Tyson. He yeah, can't be. Yeah. It's just impossible because you don't have the right exposure. So then how does, how does boxing, like moving forward, how does it turn into like a UFC where you have – 
household everyday names because I feel like even right now at any given time there's like four heavyweight champions, right? Yeah. So how do you have that one dude? How do you have that next Mike Tyson? Like so growing the problem up, Mike Tyson is was like, that dude, right? He was just yeah. He was the dude that had the four belts or what? He unified everything, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So who's the guy now? Because there's Joshua. Joshua has the, no. Joshua just lost to Usyk. Usyk so, six, has, so this is the first time in a long time that there's two divisions that are unified right now. Because Haney has all the belts. Yeah. Undisputed. Well, it's undisputed as a term. Haney and Usyk has all the belts. No, Usyk does not. Tyson Fury still has the WBC. You're oh, right. Yeah, you got Sorry. Tyson Fury. Yes, yes, yes. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, but there are he, other divisions that, that other are unified guy. right now. Tyson Fury beat that other guy. Come Charlo on. has every belt at 154. Um, Canelo has every belt yeah. at 168. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Canelo I believe and, and Haney are unified and all that. Charlo, yeah. I didn't know Charlo was unified. Yeah, he just unified. He won his all last those. fight. Like yeah. recently, it's a couple like a month ago. It was like ago. yeah, within the last three months. Yeah. Um, Josh Taylor had everything at 140, but he, I think he just got stripped or he had to vacate. <laughs> yeah. Like Why? it. It. Um. So in boxing. Here's the thing. You know how you had all those networks that are competing with each other? Now you have these organizations that are competing yeah, with Rick, each other. Yeah, Rick, get ready to get real no, confused it's, oh, here. No, it's, I, it's the exact same fucking shit. It's just so you different, got four it's groups, another, it's different color here. You got four yeah. groups that are saying, I'm more important, pay me. I'm they're more like important. Governing, like a governing yeah, body yeah. kind of thing. But they're all recognized. So if you're a boxer and you could have two or three or four belts, that's like the real fuck you like i'm not one i'm unified i'm taking this one i'm taking that. i'm gonna go up to this weight class but all these belts that's how they make money they're sanctioning fees so when you turn around and say hey man i just beat everyone and i paid you your three percent for this huge fucking world title fight and now you're getting like technical on me and saying that i have six months to defend it against my mandatory that's from germany that no one's ever fucking no one's heard of watch, yeah like fuck, fuck this you. belt man take it back i'm gonna fight over here i'm the head honcho i'm the one that makes all the money wait so this actually happens yeah. oh yeah yeah fighters tell their organization yeah. oh, fuck you i know tyson fury said back. oh that's what you want to do to me with with vladimir klitschko you want me to rematch this guy this is what i think your belt and threw the ibf belt in the garbage no fucking yeah. way. Yeah, he's like, I don't need the belt. You guys need me. I'm yeah. the one that sells the tickets, not the belt. But they also do things too where, That's like, and you, maybe you can explain this better. Like, they'll, and I don't know which, which I think it was Canelo. They gave somebody like the, he had all the belts, but then he had to vacate one, but they made him like the honorary holder of a belt. Yeah, it's like, so oh, that, where he's the franchise champion. Yeah, the franchise champion. It's a so, fucking scam. So they want more guys to have it's opportunities It's like, like WBA. Belts, right? Like, I'm totally suing myself right now these organizations are probably like fuck this kid i'm not giving you a shot but like the wba just made a gold belt like what the fuck does that even mean yeah like it's not a world title belt it's not the sanctioning fees are close to a world title fight i don't i don't even doesn't position you in the ratings or anything but you are the wba gold champion so wait what is like it, you're probably better off to go buy a fucking louis vuitton belt at least <laughs> people know what it is you know what i mean Honestly, you're that's not wrong. Clever. That's not so funny. Forty-four minutes. That's so good. So the sanctioning fees. Cool. They said they get three, like approximately, like it's like one to three percent of the total on, per of or of the, the purses of the purses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But do the math, man. Haney had to pay twelve percent of his purse for four belts. Fuck it. So and the it's purse, not like a house deal where like oh, there's three agents and we're a team. We got to split the two and a half percent together. No, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. I'm not on. buying the fucking house. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> And then the fucking tax man's got to take yeah. a good portion of that. It's crazy, That's man. That's so funny, That's though. That's the one thing that with boxing, and, and so this is actually perfect because I did want to, like, ask, we're talking about the UFC. This is the layer that kind of brought it all together. I wanted to ask, 
So you have all these channels trying to now, those promoters mm-hmm. that are not trying to associate with channels so they can get their, their fighters out, build these names. Then you have these belts that obviously, you know, you want people to fight for belts and the title fights and all that stuff. Do you think boxing would be better off for the, for the sport and the fans and everything if there was one governing body over all of it or just the way it is, maybe cleaned up a little? Like, what do you think is an ideal scenario? Would not be okay for the fighters. Okay. Because there's not a fucking UFC fighter on this planet that will ever make the money that a boxer makes. Good point. And that's just what it is. And that's because, we'll go back to the real estate deal, okay? When you got 10 people that want to buy this house, that house might only be worth a million bucks. But some fucker out there really wants that house and he might cough up two and a half. But now when you're with the UFC, it's like, hey, that house is worth a million bucks and you're really good. I like you. I'll give you 1.2. There's no negotiating power. There's nothing because it's, it's a monopoly. That's a good you, point. you fight for that belt under that organization by that employer. Whereas like the WBC is over here. You know what? You don't want to work with me? Cool. Oh, ESPN, you don't want to pay me this? What does Showtime want to pay me? Like, it, it all goes into bidding wars, and there's enough players on the team. And then because someone's going to need the content, someone's going to need the fighter, someone's got need that, that big-name fighter to promote yeah. the event, they're going to pay up. What needs to happen, though, is promoters got to stop being pussies. <laughs> no, and that's just a straight <laughs> okay. fact. Okay. Because why did Canelo and Triple G fight for a third time? Because they fought twice on fucking HBO. If they were on DAZN before, they would have never fought three times because some guy wouldn't allow his fighter to fight your guy. You see what I mean? It's like, why did Marquez and Pacquiao fight five fucking times? Because losses happen in the sport. There's no different than why LeBron James loses 50 games in two seasons, but he's still an all-star and still wins a championship. <laughs> Boxing is so tarnished right now that if you lose, you're out. then you're out. Yeah. And the networks think that because the promoters have made them think that. And it's like, we got this undefeated Mayweather, but Mayweather destroyed the sport by having that O. Whereas if he took a loss, came back, he probably would have been even bigger because you look at, Mike Tyson you look at Lennox Lewis you look Muhammad at all these fucking guys that yeah. are bigger than Mayweather all lost they all lost and came back and they all were willing to go to another part of the world and do this or do oh, some crazy all the guys shit back then like Sugar Ray Hager, no, Lucky Luciano all- never lost who? Lucky no. Luciano, not Lucky Luciano. Um, thinking, Rocky no, no, Marciano. No. Rocky, Rocky Marciano. Marciano. Lucky Luciano really lost. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Marciano was forty nine and zero. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's uh, that's some Italian, some generic Italian <laughs> there, some mocking mobster that's clipped. <laughs> you were close. It rhymed at Lucky least. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's an interesting thing. Well, it's I don't know though because now you have Canelo. Mm-hmm. So he lost... Uh, Canelo's lost a prime th- example, bro. Canelo got out of his deal, and he's his own promoter. You know what he did? You know how he unified the fucking division? Because he said, hey, I'll fight this stiff on fucking DAZN, and I'm not signing no exclusive deal because I'm the cash cow. Yeah. You know what? I'll fight Caleb Plant on fucking Showtime, and I'll run the risk of if I lose, I'll be your fighter because I'll beat your ass on Showtime and bring this fucking money right was back to DAZN. If, was that in the deal? If he lost, he would have to... I don't know. I don't know, but I'm just saying like yeah. he, he could say whatever the fuck he wants yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. say like, oh, you think I got to be married to you? Cool. Well, make your guy beat me. Well, he got... I mean, he's clearly not married to anybody. I think DAZN gave him the highest deal, one of the highest deals uh, in sports at the time only second to Mike Trout in baseball. They gave him 200 million. But what million. happened to that deal? It bro- came, came apart after. Broke apart, sued, parted ways. Now, let me ask. So, yeah, we are going all over, but I love this. Um, Wait, before you get into that, what, what divisions, not division, which organization's the best? 
Like when you say organization, meaning like, sanctioning body. Yeah, like this the, is the where belt get people, funny the belt for me. people. Whoever has the belts, like there's like right five now I'm guys, working with yeah. the WBC, so they're the best because so they're paying my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so 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 people know you have WBC. The WBC is the green belt. Yeah, they're Mexican. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Like they're the the ancestry of where the belt was created. Yeah, yeah. So it's WBC. Mexican. WBC World I'd Championship say, Boxing? Yes. World, is WB, World Boxing yes. World Boxing Championships. Um and then, we like we like them the best because we like them people. good. The green belt. They okay. call it the money belt. I've held yeah. I've actually held the green belt. Okay. I went to see uh, uh Wilder versus Luis Ortiz and I got to like put it on. It was pretty things nice. heavy. It's nice. Um, okay, so WBC. They've been around, I think, since like the fifties. I okay. could look totally bad here not knowing this Our shit. Our fact checker Danielle's um, not here. So yeah, no we don't even have Danielle right now. WBO is World Board, uh Boxing Organization. Okay. They're based out of Puerto Rico. They've been around um, prominently since the 80s. Um, I'd say they're probably third or fourth. Okay. IBF, International Boxing Federation. They are American-based. They were massive, and then they were involved in a huge FBI scandal with a lot of corruption in the 80s uh, involving, um, what's his name? Don King. Don There's King. definitely some fucking Netflix documentary about there that. There was all kinds of payoffs, dives, all kinds of shit, and then they got torn apart. Now they're the ones that follow the rules. So if you're a mandatory, <laughs> a mandatory for IBF, you're getting that fucking title shot because they don't pay <laughs> any funny business. <laughs> they're by the book now, right? Yeah. So like the they got auditors the acronyms like year. WBC, World Boxing Championships, or World Boxing Champions, but... Uh, they call them we be collecting. WBA. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. WBA, World Boxing Association. We be asking. So it's like <laughs> there's different ones. Do you know what I mean? But Bro, this is all something. Hey, I bet you this is all like deep in the Reddit threads. You can find out all this yeah, information. Yeah, you, you'd have to be watching. Bro, he's the one right giving you the Reddit Cole's notes. But see, there's a lot of stuff that like boxing. That they, I, I'm, so wait, wait I, sorry, sorry. I, we're at four now. So WBC, WBA, WBC, IBF, WBA, WBO, IBF. So there's four main ones. Yes. Those are your, your yeah. better. Those are your, your, the WBA has been around for a hundred years. That's the oldest one. WBA, oh. we'd be asking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're based out of yeah. uh, Venezuela, I believe is where they were created. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would yeah. not expect You'll that. You'll see like a shit ton of Venezuelan champions. Oh, They're yeah. like the easiest. Like, oh, I got a Venezuelan guy. I want him to be a champion. All right. <laughs> Follow <WBA>. this blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're saying... You're saying now what's the best? I mean, that's like best is a vague term because right? you don't know what. Like, I think, but I will say this: you know how you're asking about all these variations, like the gold belt and all these things. The WBA said they're cleaning up. There's no more interim champions. No more that. You got one fucking champion for each weight class because there was times like, oh, he's the super champion. He's the regular champion. He's the interim champion. Like, come on, man, you guys are all fucking 140 pounds. You don't fight each other, but you're all <laughs> world champions under the same organization that gets paid on all your fights. Like yeah, this is yeah. it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, I understand from a fan's perspective. They like you almost have to uni- have a university degree to understand it in boxing. Like I follow too- a sport. I'm, I think I'm myself above average fan. If like, if not a pretty serious fan, I couldn't like I don't like I could not ever figure all this stuff out. And then when yeah. I started seeing like recently though the franchise champion this, I'm like, why well, don't what? There's a belt or is it not a belt? I yeah. don't understand what's happening. Yeah. It's like right now. <clears throat> if I got a like, there's this kid I got that just fought on Wednesday, Brian Acosta. He's 18 and 0 from Hermosillo, Mexico. He's 23 years old. Um, He's the real deal. Like he, he's in Juan Estrada's training camp. The guy that just fought Chocolatito. Yeah. Um. He's Miguel Burchold, Oscar Valdez. They're all friends. They're all training together. He will be a world champion. So, because of that, I take him down the WBC route. The Mexican people support their own. 
They want this kid to go somewhere. I know he can really fucking fight, so I'll pay the sanctioning fees to position him into the world ratings to get him the right fights. Okay. But sometimes, like, you just want to put on a good fucking fight. Why am I paying sanctioning fees when Mike from Scarborough is world class and I got a guy from upstate New York that wants to fight him? No, let's make a fight that people want to see. And yeah. that's what boxing's not happening because they'll take Mike from Scarborough and they'll fight Tom from somewhere in South America that no one knows because they can backdoor him into number 15 of the ratings because he is from Venezuela and he's in the WBA ratings yeah. top 15 and he's a weak opponent. And then now your Mike from Scarborough that's top 15 can go out to Vegas and get fucking pummeled and make us Canadians look stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... What what is the objective? The objective is to build good fights because just like you can't follow all of boxing, if Javante Davis is going to fight Ryan um, Garcia, I don't care if you're not a fucking deep fan. You're going to watch it because that's the fight people want to see. Risk the reward. Big punchers. Big social following. A black, rough guy that gets fucking tatted and fucking arrested or the clean cut Mexican that has fucking emotional problems. Yeah. It's like, but they're all big faith. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. you want to see shit like that. It's like Oscar and Floyd, but like the problem is those fights aren't happening. So is that your approach then? And you're, you're going back to calling, you know, other promoters to stop being, uh, yeah, so let's put our guys against you, each other. You want to put if my guy sucks, he sucks. If your guy <laughs> sucks, he sucks. Who cares? The fans get to see who fucking is good and who's not. So is that your objective? Sign better forward? guys. You like, want to put on the best fights with the I fans. I want to put on the best fights for the fans. I don't want to just hold what I this little nut that I got and be like, okay, I gotta Nurture divvy it up and, and make sure it grows yeah. so I can eat something this year. No, man, let's fucking risk it. Let's yeah. go to the fucking gambling house and see who can win. <laughs> I honestly, Heck man, yeah. honestly, I do love that, man, because like that's one of the biggest things. Like all these fights, and that's the worst part. It's like, an ego thing, man. Every, every promoter doesn't want to say they lose. You're not the fucking one fighting, man. Yeah. Get the guy paid. Yeah, get him paid. Like Sam, Sam Vargas, forty three professional fights. The guy used to work at Swiss LA in nine, nine amateur fights. He was not supposed to fight Earl Spence, Danny Garcia. He fucking for sure wasn't supposed to knock down Amir Khan. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to have a split decision against Luis Colazzo, two time world champion in Madison. Square Gardens, but you know what it was from? He fought anyone, anytime, any place, and he was willing to lose. Yeah. And and that the consistency in his career makes a good athlete. It's no different than a basketball player, NFL player. They they get on the fucking field, oh, or they the get on the court, the and they're Rocky willing to movies, lose, right? Yeah, Rocky movies. Sylvester Stallone got thrown in to get to fight Apollo Creed. He was a, he was a last yeah. minute fucking substitute. Yeah. He was like, oh, but he took the, the fight, that's and that's what made a Rocky movie. If he said, thing. "Hey, man, you know what? Uh, I need six weeks to get ready. My ankle hurts." People are going to watch that shit? No one. But I think that's a thing, too. You made a point about, about Mayweather goals. having that O for so long tarnishing the sport. Like, he was, I, I, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the one that kind of set this, this maybe this roadmap, or maybe his team, about, like, kind of picking and, like, following yeah, the structure. Yeah, he handpicked and knowing, his, his So that, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of these young guys who are really good, not even at all, but a lot, their managers also don't want to lose their cash cow. So they're just trying to... No, one peg at a time. You are 1,000% right. But at some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror and know you're not fucking Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Like, he was fucking an Olympic silver medalist by a robbery. Like, they know he was the gold medalist. Mm -hmm. He was the guy. There was no one that ever gave him any problems. He was a villain in the media. Yeah, like, he didn't like care. He, and, and did they really handpick his opponents? No, maybe they handpicked his opponents at the tail end of his career to make sure that the narrative never got upset. Okay. But, bro, he would smash anyone put in front of him the first fucking yeah, 25 fights. The uh, Funny enough, one of our buddies, his cousin fought Floyd in the uh, in the Olympics. 
Uh, oh Do- yeah, Dom. Dominic Fellaini was okay. his name. Yeah, Fellaini. Uh, is that Fl- his name? Flane, Flane. From Thunder Bay? Yeah, from yeah. a small town up there called Scriber. He fought Floyd in um, in a Olympic uh, match. I think he lost, uh, but still, still pretty fucking cool it's to fucking say. Fucking cool right? as like, hell, yeah. Um, I, you know what's funny, though? I didn't realize the politics that were involved in boxing. Like, If no. I was a boxer myself... Of sports, I would argue it's yeah. probably one of the... One the worst. Of the well, the worst. From, from yeah. just based off this conversation, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume it is it is bad. But, but Rick, Don, you know Don King used to charge Mike Tyson, I think, like... What was it twenty thousand dollars a month in towel fees? Something yeah, like I heard but about he was that. a fucking maniac. Yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson that. would buy a Mercedes at every fucking city he flew to, and then leave it at the airport when he left. There was like Mercedes left in Mike Tyson's Come name on. in a bunch of different cities. That's how fucking reckless he was with his money. But think about it: you got an eighteen-year-old. That's World fucking champion. worth millions of dollars. Yeah. That was in the hood the whole life, Frog. and then his zero education. Majority of his life, he lived in some fucking field house with some white guy that would, don't know what he was doing with these boys up there. <laughs> he was making them fight, but they, I'm sure they were fucking brainwashed to shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, sorry, yeah, I cut he, you off there, Ricky. But I'm talking about boxing. Um, I was gonna say, it all, but like, if, if you're a boxer, like, if I'm a fighter myself, like, obviously you got to think you're one of the best. Like, if mm-hmm. you're gonna do the sport, because. You have to be a little fucked up to be a boxer, right? You're going in there getting your fucking head smashed. I would want to fight the best person day in and day out because that's how you get better and that's how you know your time. If I lose, you lose. Like, it is what it is. Mm. But then on the flip side, there's always that kind of the mental aspect of any sport that once you get knocked down, once you get knocked out, you know it's possible. Like, Ronda Rousey in UFC, she was undefeated for fucking 20, 30 matches or whatever, Mm. and then she got knocked out, and then I don't think she ever really came back. Like, she came back as a fighter, but she wasn't the same fighter. Because in the back of her mind, she knows she's not, you know, untouchable anymore, right? You think that plays a, a factor? I do, in it? but I think people have to look that the proof is in the past, man. Like everyone that fucking lost, that made some of themselves, came back. It's it's what you do from the loss. It's not losing. Yeah. It's how you lose, who you lose to, and what you do afterwards. And what you learn from like that. and. Second to your point, you don't want to go into a gym and be like, hey, bro, you're not going to make it. You're shit. Like, and be so straight to some of these kids because you don't know what the kid could do. But as the kid, you got to also know that when you're in the gym and if you're sparring a guy that was a national team champion and he's 10 and 0 as a pro and you're about to turn pro and you're beating him up, you're probably pretty good. If you're the 10 and 0 kid and you're getting beat up by this fucking kid that's coming up that no one ever heard of and then you're getting beat up by someone else, you're probably not that good. And, like, I think these people, they start fooling themselves by, like, oh, I'll fight a stiff. I'll fight a stiff. I'm 12 and 0. I'm 14 and 0. Yeah, but you're getting your ass kicked every other day in the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. And then you just handpicked this one little guy that took, took a three fucking stopover flight from fucking somewhere <laughs> around the world, slept in no AC, doesn't, you know what I mean? He's fucking on a crazy time difference, walks into the ring, boom, it's over. You, like, yeah. were you really better than that guy? <laughs> or, like, did everything happen to allow you to fucking get that yeah. ref to stop? the fight early like it's it's uh, it's not like hey you are gonna race usain bolt who's faster like boxing so political man yeah so fucking political it is and that's why hometown advantage is so big i was talking to a guy that's in boxing and he didn't know that um the promoter controls the ring size because we were saying the ring was small yesterday wait sorry the ring size isn't this there's no standard size no no, it goes from 16 by 16 inside up to 22 by 22 inside that the promoter who's staging the show gets to fucking Shut choose. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And the Olympics yeah. is the biggest one, right? Now, yeah, that's yeah. a standard size. Now, so, sorry, sorry, just yeah. to confirm. Let's say I'm fighting in Vegas against you know Joe Smith. Yeah. The promoter who puts on this event gets to decide the ring size. Yeah, but if you are fight fighting against recently. Joe Smith, you would have a contract that you would have a lawyer that would tooth and comb it. 
So if that ring size was in it or it wasn't in it, you would put it in it and say, hey, the ring has to be of this yeah. size or plus. I think it was Canelo and Bivol so did it recently. I'm trying to think of who it was. Bivol wanted a massive ring because yes. he's a boxer. Yes. Canelo wanted to cut the ring off. Yes. So he wanted a small ring. Ended up with a massive ring. Look at the outcome was. Last night, that? that 100% that plays a factor. Billy Joe Saunders fought David Lemieux. David Lemieux is a devastating puncher. And Billy David Joe Saunders. Canadian ring. Yeah. So Billy Joe Saunders was the world champion and David Lemieux was supposed to go over to England to fight him. They got offered like double the money to come bring the title here and fight David Lemieux here so David Lemieux could have his hometown advantage. Billy Joe said, no, we're going to war for who the judges are and where they are from the world, and the ring has to be this big. Bro, he danced around him and outboxed him. If that ring was half the size, he would have got knocked the fuck out. Billy it Joe just is what it is. Bro, that's actually insane. There's a lot of like fine details, and you got to think about it. Every fight is a different you're a, contract. You're an average fan. And you would never know that shit. Yeah. You would just say Billy Joe's better than David Lemieux because he won. 100%. There's, there's exactly. a lot of like, there's a lot of things. I mean, like we're going to think about it too. Like gloves matter at that. And I, I've, would, I've heard gloves because glove like, sizing is different based on the weight class, the right? Weight, the weight of the same. So 147 and down is in an eight ounce uh, above 147 is in a 10 ounce. So manufacturers weights, they can't like they're all to spec. Yeah. But what they put in them is not some are foam some are horsehair some are um like gel foam and if you uh if you're a puncher and you have bad hands then you want to be in a certain type of glove if yeah. you have great hands and you're a big puncher then you want to be in like like heavy fisted tiny want, little yeah, horsehair gloves padding. like that over the rounds you're gonna feel those knuckles and um some people know that mayweather madonna he didn't want them in the everlast mx's because those will put a fucking hole in someone's head man all the weight is in the wrist there's nothing here there's yeah. all these little type of things and that's why i enjoy this shit so much because i become like uh like so obsessive with knowing the details, they're like, hey, you might know how to get some people in the fucking seats, but I know how to get every advantage. Like, I know, I, it's, I it's don't chest, stop learning yeah. to know all these things because, like, promoters at my level, like, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm a, a, a top-level promoter. Like, I might be educated like that, but I don't have the credibility to say that. I don't have world champions. I don't have a massive network television deal. So if I'm dealing with a guy that's on my level... I'm leagues past him because I have Hall of Fame promoters on speed dial. They're teaching me everything I can fucking know. Well, you, so I'll get the ring size done, the glove size. Like Brian Acosta just fought a guy from Spain. They brought their prime prospect up. I said at the gym when they're doing the media workout, yo, we got um, gold and black Everlast Parallax or white and black. What color? I mean, or white and gold. What color is your outfit? Oh, white, blue, red. I said, these look sick on that outfit. You want to lock with these gloves? Boom. Now I put my guy in Reyes. So at the weigh-ins, this guy's saying, no, I want to wear those gloves. You fucking retard. Those gloves aren't going to fucking protect you like this fucking Mexican's going to put a hole in your head with these tiny little Reyes. <laughs> he knocked him out in the sixth. I'm not saying it was the gloves, no, no, but man. I'm saying so everything helps, little, those man. Little, and little psychologically, advantages. I'm telling Brian, yo, this guy's in padded gloves, and you're in these horsehair gloves. Bro, Like I, I'm totally transparent with my life. When I was 17, I started doing steroids, trying to keep up with everyone, and I remember I fucking jabbed my arm. I went in there, and I benched like two 45s and a 25 like seven or eight times and i went over to the guy at the front desk it was a powerhouse in mississauga it was just all juice bags <laughs> and then this fucking guy that looks like the rock he was there santino was his name and he's like bro how are you lifting so much weight i was like i started my shit today he's like what did you take and i was like a bunch of deca and tests and all this shit and then he's like 
but like none of that shit's even in your body yet. Like I know you did the injection today, but it won't be in you for a couple days. I went back down. I couldn't lift one fucking rep, man. <laughs> it fucked me up psychologically because like that shit's real, man. Placebo is a real thing. Oh, fuck. And like yeah. when you got all these things aligning, like when Sam used a, a different nutritionist, Vargas, when he fought uh, Khan, and the nutritionist is there and said, bro, how do you feel? He's like, I'll fight him right now. And he's like, look at Khan. Look how fucked he is. He's all brittle, eating that pineapple. He did everything wrong. He did the weight cut wrong. He's like, he's going to have a glass jaw for the first couple of rounds. Mind you, Khan has a... Really? Is that what really did it? But I'll tell you right now, that's all Sam thought about. I just got to touch him. I just got to touch him. And he landed that right hand and knocked him down. Like, they're... I'm not saying these things are sure shots, but they all they, play yeah. into but it, it's, it, man. It's all, I, I forget the exact quote, but it's um, preparation's all like the little steps you can take towards the bigger like yeah. flight of stairs. When you know you didn't do exact- anything fucking wrong and you knew you, knew you did extra stuff right, it's just confidence. Like, Bro, it's those little things. Sports yeah. is all confidence. Like, oh, yeah. are you going to take that shot at the three throw? If you know you're never going to miss it, like... You're just like a god, like like Steph Curry. He just knows he doesn't miss because he's so fucking confident. Yeah, he'll take shots that the other guys will be like, ah, I might fuck this game up for this team. I'm he's a fucking like, fuck third it. string. Well, like, that's what they said. Who? Uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams went on air and he's like, bro, I'll miss ten straight. I'll pull up in the eleventh, no all confidence. Like I know I ain't gonna miss that. I'll miss it. I'm, bro, I'm pulling up on the twelfth. I know I'm gonna hit it, bro. Like, you have to believe that. You have. And to. when you really genuinely think like that, that ball goes in. Yeah. It just it's it's just how the world and works. It's like me talking to girls, man. bro. I can I can strike out ten times in a row. I'll go talk to the eleventh. Like I've already got the number in my head, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but you go to the eleventh as if it's your first one. Like you don't. Yeah. That, you have like it's all out of your mind, bro. For me, I I'm the like the definition of like shooter shoot. Like I'll mm-hmm. fucking. I can get 10 those in a row. Boom. 11th one. I got this. No questions asked. You remember that fucking show? Fuck. For Peace sure. the VIP. Yeah. I, I could knew, see I him crushing it. Yeah. Just crushing it. We, we, didn't we meet one of the guys from that show? Or did I meet him? Maybe you did. I don't I think don't I did. Did I you ever remember. see that show? Yeah. Oh, I used yeah, to, I I seen it a few times. I think on I met, or much music. Whatever. I met one of the guys who was on that they show. used to do it at Rockwood. You remember Rockwood back in the Yeah. Day? And then it was at uh, Level on the, Level, on the yeah, patio. Yeah. Rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. What a funny show. Imagine going to that yeah. show. You would have, yeah, Ricky would have done. Ricky does. For me, well. I don't care. I fucking, what's the worst that happens? Some, you get rejected. Like, okay, boxing a little bit different. You get fucking knocked out. But in my life, I live a very normal life. I'll just, anything I do, it's like, hey, what's the worst that happens? Okay, you get, no, you don't make the deal. You get, uh, um, you don't get the sale. Fuck, I'm right, retired now time. in the game, but I'll give you a little insight. Like, I, I just had a newborn. I'm yeah. 100% loyal. <laughs> I was not in my past relationships, but I was never, I was always a player. And, I use the model of planting seeds, bro. You go yeah. through the city, you're always out and about. You meet someone, you talk to them, and you just walk away. You don't ask for the number, you don't nothing. It's like a real odd like compliment, like, wow, oh you you got beautiful eyebrows. Do you get them threaded or do you <laughs> like do you wax? Oh, shut up that word and then, for you, eh? Boom. And then you leave. You don't even try and ask him her name. But bro, this city's so small. Three weeks later, they're at fucking Cheval and they walk, oh my God, that's the guy that knows me from the fucking eyebrows. He walked away. (laughs) Boom. That girl's coming home with you. That's the eyebrow guy. Because you got these seeds planted all over and then some of them sprout, some of them don't. This guy's got the strategy down, eh? Bro, next girl I talk to, I'm going to tell her. You're just casting. Next girl I talk to, I'm going to compliment her eyebrows just for you. Bro, do it, man. Let me ask you, is that your strategy with boxing? You go in by, hey, you got a mean right hand. Then you walk away and then then a year later you go back and you sign My strategy with boxing is being young a lot of these promoters are older and i can relate to the guys i can go to king street and fucking take them out i can say hey you know what you are gonna get drunk tonight hey you like dusty hernandez he was signed to rock nation uh dollars signing bonus he had first one to have a fila deal uh, fila made a shoe from he was signed to geico got caught with fucking six bricks and fucking two guns in his fucking house they dropped him on everything 
you better believe I'm calling that fucking kid up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm calling him up with a fucking lawyer, bro. You're from the hood. You're fucking half Puerto Rican and half Irish living in a f- predominantly black neighborhood in D.C. You're fucking shit. Like, the first thing you're getting with the $250,000 signing bonus is bricks and guns. <laughs> That's so crazy. But you know what's going to happen? That kid can fight his fucking ass off. And I'm fucking... I've been around enough to know that that shit happens. I call the kid up and I say, yo, you know when that guy just fucking cut you off and said no one's here? I'm here. Sign this deal. Let's fucking get some paid. Good like you, it, it, it happens, oh, man. It that. happens. Hey, you have to be opportunistic in this game. And like you somebody- got to be relatable. You got to be like, listen, man, I know you're going through some shit. Just fucking tell me, man. Yeah. Like th- I got a kid right now. Because no, but you can, that's where you can help. Like when I see these, some of these celebrities and like musicians, like we're like famous rich ass dudes. Going down with like drugs and stuff. I'm like, bro, how do you not have a fall guy or something? Bro, like, talk to your people. You're you got this much money. Someone someone will go to the fucking the bin for six months for you when you get this much money, right? Like, yeah. And then everyone's bro, why do they, like, fucking like, judging. Yo, these Drake, Drake, Drake has no fucking issues. Like, yo, Drake's smart, man. I'm I'm sure he's got guys that'll fucking take the fall from any from day him, yeah. of the week. They got a Ray Donovan in that crew. Yeah, bro, <laughs> first, yeah exactly. they got one. They bro, got that's one. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> when you got this much money, like you signed that two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, bro. Of course you shouldn't be driving. You shouldn't be buying drugs or guns. Like, bro, have somebody else that does everything for you. Yeah, they take care of it. Like, why'd you goes, give me the quarter mil? Yeah. I said I need a hundred in cash. Why? What do you? You think I was buying a house with that cash? Come on, man. Why didn't you give me fucking twenty thousand and put the rest of the fucking hundred thousand in GICs and a hundred thousand in property? No, because you want me to fail, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Why was Mike Tyson buying cars and leaving them? Like, dude, he was. They don't know no better. They don't fucking Tyson for having like a now. It, well, it's unfortunate how his career went. Like he could have been uh, like you know probably had some. Some bad balances with all of like the environments he was in, and all that stuff, but where he put himself. But it's good that now he's kind of like, I mean, he's fucking crazy now. Like he's like going on podcast, eating like a handful of mushrooms and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. But that's like, the life he wants to live, right? But what, what gets you up in the morning after you've been Mike Tyson your whole life, man? Yeah. Like really, what gets? That's you a up? fair point. Like his family, I'm sure, because yeah. that shit you can't buy, and uh, he's seen enough money and crazy yeah, shit to do. Yeah, he just wants to, to live some fun shit and yeah. try and make fucking yeah. other people's lives different. So one thing I want to ask, obviously, like, what what's next for you? Like, what's like, what are you working on? I mean, the you know, I, I see, I've seen like you've been involved with some pretty, excuse me, some pretty big events. Like the only real big boxing events that have happened, especially in Toronto, is like I see your name on them. Um, you know, like I'm, you're young in the sport, like you said. Like, what's Sorry, how old to, are you, by the way? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. And most promoters are like Al yeah. Heyman's what, like ninety. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of them are like, like he's an exceptional dude, man. He's been a Harvard fucking forever. lawyer grad from yeah. fucking law and business. Like Dana, um, what's his name? Don King, ninety three or ninety two or something like Still that. Bob it. Arum in yeah. his nineties. Like Eddie Hearn, yeah, he's a couple years older than me. But my dad wasn't fucking Barry Hearn, and I didn't have a Sky Sports deal fucking handed to me when I was fucking in yeah, diapers. Yeah, yeah. Like the the thing that I need. Is uh, is I need to train just like how these guys have a network partner that um, believes in what I'm doing, and then we just get exposure. It's things yeah. like this, man. You just you build your own brand, and networks get excited. It's no different than the fucking um, than the TikTok guys. It's yeah. like how does how does everyone make money? Like I get it. No one's gonna say, "Oh, your dream's cool. I believe in it." But some guy from TSN's willing to fucking lose his job for it and sign off and say, "Hey, I'll cut you 50k a show," and it tanks. No, yeah. you, you got to build your brand and then you got to build your resume. I, I got like 40-something shows under my belt. I got some guys in the world rating signed to me. So now I can approach a network with confidence and say, hey, man, I'm not some kid that has a dream and doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, 
This is all here. Here's I my resume. That's what I've done. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying give me a huge checkbook. Why don't we work together? Give me a little bit of money to make my shows a little bit better. My shows get a little bit better. You get a little bit more ratings. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to the next step. It's a long haul, but Absolutely. it's it's on. And you schedule. plan and and you like you love what you do. You want to stay in this for like this is the kind of what you see. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking my newborn and my chick and moving to New York and um, probably early next year just oh, a shadow a hall of fame promoter that uh, that said he would take it on we'll go there for like six to eight months still do shows here still have everything operating here it's only an hour away on a flight but like the difference is i'm here in toronto and i could do everything i want to do but there's no hall of fame promoter that i can go ask questions and 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 like see how you're doing it mentor <laughs> competitor like any of these well the market's like, also the, bigger there's more more legendary gyms out there more mm -hmm, things you can mm -hmm. that the scene is is probably yeah. much bigger out there especially like before Vegas became Vegas, not even these fights there. Like New York was like New York the was a Mecca. Thing, man. Mecca. Yeah. They probably yeah. still argue. New York and New right? Jersey were the biggest things, man. <laughs> yeah. Atlantic City and New York City. Yeah. If you could plan, if you could uh, put one fight together today, two fighters, one venue, where would it be? Current active Cur fighters. Current active fighters. What venue? What date? O2 Arena. Oh I didn't no no that no! O two stadium, okay, ninety five thousand people. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. Okay, that's a perfect segue because I want to ask you. Reason they... being, is because that's the one that bursts the bubble. That's the one that shows real raw skill in boxing because Fury is just a freak. He's just another fucking level, and he's the character that will fill that stadium with him standing on a stage. Like you just want to see the lead up, you want to see yeah. the, the games, you want to see everything, and then the the aura of those two guys run into the fucking ring to collide six seven six nine. Like it'd be fucking nuts. Both have been but, knocked down many times. Yeah. In but, but you see their like their body types too. Like I remember after uh, Fury won his last fight, they're like, "This is the peak male physique." <laughs> yeah. And then no, you have like Joshua, uh, Joshua like um, Joshua was built like a spark. Bro, he's uh, actually like he looks like My, a fucking CF, was, like an NFL defensive end. Yeah, like, if, just I, a was, fucking if I was six. Or six seven or whatever, seven feet tall, like Fury is. Like he has the same body as me, and he moves like he's like, 100 like a hundred feather weight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it actually yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. That fight, I want to ask you about because they just talked recently. They've agreed to kind of just yeah. to, to fighting. Do you think it's actually gonna happen? I think it has to happen economically. It has to happen. Yeah, they just know now because Joshua. If he beat Usyk, there's so many options. But Joshua has no belts. This is his last kind it's of shot. Like, eh? It's like he's already lost a couple times. He, I think he's reached his ceiling. In terms of talent, he keeps changing trainers and saying like it's pointing his fingers at everyone else. That's the fucking first problem. Um, and I think Fury has accomplished everything he needs to in the sport to be able to hang him up. But go get paid. If these guys don't take this paycheck soon, that train's left the station. And it's gonna be like I don't ever think it can be rewound. They're not. They don't have the luxury of the of the Mayweather Pacquiao or like actually that specific. How did how did the two how did the two maintain relevance and maintain value of dollars when there's no one else in terms of a good dancing partner to get you there without potentially lowering your value. Yeah. And you can see it the last, I was at the last uh, Fury and uh, Wilder fight. I was in Vegas to watch it. Like insane. That was a crazy one. Like I, I remember, I'll never forget when he went there and uh, I took one of my buddies so I saw just a side story. I saw my first ever fight. I saw I was in I was at a conference in Vegas, 
And Fury was fighting Luis Ortiz for the second time. Yep. And I started seeing the billboards. I'm like, how the hell did I know this was happening? And I was supposed to leave on Friday and the fight was Saturday. I'm like, I'm obviously staying. Yeah. I bought a ticket by myself. I was like fourth row, uh, MGM Grand Garden. I sit down. I put money on Luis Ortiz that fight. I really like Luis Ortiz. That was Ortiz. the second fight or the second first Second fight. Th- okay, yeah. Put money on Luis Ortiz. I'm by myself. I went for the undercard fight. It's everything. I'm so fired up to be in there. Then a lady sits next to me uh, and her husband from Alabama. We start talking, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It was It was oh. like a late, like a white lady. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But then a row of black women come and sit in front of me. And they're talking to the people from Alabama. And they're like, oh, you know this, you know that. And I'm starting to listen a little bit. And I'm like, oh, they like how do they know each other? But then she's saying, oh, my son. And I look over. And I was like, she kept saying something. She looks at me. She goes, who are you cheering for? And I could hear Alabama, so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm here to see a good fight. Came by myself. And she goes, you better cheer for my boy to win. I was like, who's your boy? She goes, Deontay. So I'm literally sitting next to his mom, and I got money on Luis Ortiz to win. <laughs> so I'm like, shit. And the fight, I was like, the fight was going Luis Ortiz's way the first, like, what, five, six rounds. Like, you looked, not his way, but he yeah, looked good. Yeah. And I was like, man, he could go. And then out of nowhere, I'll never forget this, I blinked. And I opened my eyes, and Luis Ortiz on the ground. And I was like, what just happened? And he's like letting off a shotgun, man. That dude, fucking hand. And I watched crazy. the replay. The replay came off, and you see him hit. And Luis Ortiz's body didn't even move, but the the, the sweat shot off, oh. and he collapsed. It's like a piston, Deontay Wilder's hand. But oh, they is, said literally, it's like getting hit in the face with a fucking brick. Yeah. Oh, more. It's like a like it's like a like a literally yeah. like a piston firing. You don't even see it coming out. But that's what I've always loved it. But when I saw that fight in person, I was like, this is my favorite sport to watch. Like. I was like addicted. I needed to go mm-hmm. see more fights. So mm-hmm. then I went and saw Fury and Wilder and I saw Canelo and thing. Being in a boxing match, like a like a in a in a peak event or whatever it is, there are, I think in sport there's really nothing like it. Because no. number one is they're not like these guys are playing football right now, like yeah. watching a game. There's a slow play and a guy taking up. You there's don't so play, many variables. You don't play boxing. You yeah. don't take your, you Bro, take your eyes off for a second. It's 36 minutes of or however long the match is. 36 minutes of just straight like work. Yeah. yeah. There's no oh let me take a breather here. No. Oh let me let me get off on the shift. Like no like. You got your minute break between rounds, and other than that, well, your like, minute break is bro nothing. And you're in that ring nothing. to kill the other guy because yeah. look again. We bring the example up of Virgil Ortiz. Or, was it Virgil Ortiz or against Victor Mayweather? Ortiz. He took it. He was trying to be nice for one second because he made a mistake, and he I think it was a low blow. Put his hands down, said sorry, was looks at the ref, looks back at Mayweather, and he's not out. Done. Lights out. Like anyways, his whole the, life crazy. changed yeah. that day. Yeah, he was a world champion before that. Yeah, never came back in the sport. Yeah. Became a drug addict, fucking tried to have a couple comeback fights, shitty performances, probably because he has a substance problem. Yeah. He was laughing stock all over fucking the whole sport because of that one Because he made a rookie second. mistake. You don't put your hands down. One second. Yeah. There's no team behind him. There's no coach. There's no organization. There's fucking Victor Ortiz high and dry. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. you're done, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, but wild. but that's the I think that's the problem, like in the sport. Um like fuck, man. Look at Anthony Joshua and that rant he went on. After oh, the fight. Yeah, that was Why weird... did no one in his team like there's not a fucking chance on this planet Sam Vargas in that ring in a fight like that could have got that many words out of it. I yeah. would have fucking knocked him on myself. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're going home. Retard. You're he making made, a fool of yourself. He, he made some weird like just went on yeah. and on. But you and know what's interesting? Even after the second Andy Ruiz fight when he came back to win, it wasn't bad. But you could tell he was getting all philosophical. He was trying to channel that like Muhammad Ali came in the room by himself. Like he looked like he didn't, you know, he didn't cut his hair. He wanted to look more like that guy who was yeah. like diving deep. So you could see the signs with Anthony Joshua early, man. He, he's that's why I kind of 
It sounds so gutless, but I kind of want to see Fury put the nail in the coffin and <laughs> yeah. just get him out of the sport because he's such a headache. That. If that fight happens in London, for sure, I'm, that's the one I'll fly out to. The so one I thing I was going to say, like uh, one fight that I didn't go to that I'm kicking myself was I wish I uh, went to uh, Rollies and um, Javante. The one, the recent one? Rolly Romero and yeah, Javante yeah, yeah. Davis, his last fight. Did like he go? how they were talking so yeah, much yeah, smack yeah. and all this shit and, and it lived up to it, yeah. man. Tank Davis is a crazy one. He, he's yeah. another guy. That That's a just, sick nickname, too. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a guy who just like came say, came from Mayweather. You can tell he's just like he's a, like just wants to kill people, wants to get paid and buy diamonds, all this stuff. So that kid that I told you that I got that had uh, six bricks and guns and whatnot, oh, yeah. they're from the same hood, and Javante used to live with him. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all from the DMV, so that's like uh, that's a, that's DC, area, Maryland, yeah. Virginia, and um, and yeah, they're all just from fucking slums, man. Those yeah. kids are fucking special. But you know who was all from that area is uh, Leonard Ellerby, the oh, CEO yeah. of Mayweather Promotions. Yeah, yeah. So that's how he has all those kids, like Broner and all these guys. He's got them all. I saw AB when I was in. Uh, I think it was when I was there for the Fury. Uh, or no, when I was. Anyways, one of the fights I was in Vegas. I was checking at Caesars. And I look over, and you recognize Broner anywhere. He's got no neck. He's like, mm. whatever. And I, I don't remember what happened, but I was checking in. And he was the counter next to me, and he was getting pissed about something. So I'm taking his drink, throwing him the floor, causing a scene. I'm yeah, like, this guy's fucked. nuts. Fucked. I'm yeah. staying away from that one for sure. Eh? That yeah, guy fucked. was like the next. Like, he was yeah, supposed to be Floyd, but he just didn't you know. know how to. No. Didn't have the right people. I've watched the last couple of those fights, too. They were pretty disappointing. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, I got I, nothing else, man. This was great. Like, you know. We, yeah, we could do this forever. Like, yeah. Man, that's the thing. That's why we like, well, we'll get you back on, too. Maybe, yeah. like, next. Oh, when you leaving to New York? The New Year? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'll listen, man. Like, I'm listen, from Toronto. Like to, yeah. I'll be here all the time. Like, even if I'm, when I'm out there, I'll be flying back and forth daily. Well, fair. Maybe if you have a big event in Toronto, we'll do something like extra promo or something yeah or, yeah or, if you ever have events keep us in mind like again i i actually have never been to one in, oh, no in, in toronto at all like even Vir, like virgil at uh at, at kingsway like he's always like yeah i got this is happening golden Gloves brand to whatever i just never end up going yeah um and i really want to go to more if you ever have an event you want us to talk about it i'm ha as a boxing fan and you know yeah as someone who's I like coming on up wednesday you we, had one yeah a rebel yeah but i i i have a Big one that we're announcing soon. I'll let you guys know okay. before the end of the year. Yeah, happy to plug yeah, it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and if they, you know, we when bigger like events happen here or big fights or they coincide, for we sure, happy to yeah, get you on and talk about this, man. I'll talk yeah. about boxing all day. Do you yeah. know what's nice? Because I don't know. It's like Formula One. I don't know much about it. Yeah. But once you talk to people and get going on, you're like, hey, fuck, I want to go. I want to see this fight. Like, I want to see the stupid green belt. I want to see fucking. Hundred percent. We'd be asking. We we'd be checking. Yeah, whatever. You see the size of the ring. You yeah, see the gloves the guys got on. Yeah, I'm like, yo, those gloves look like horse hair. That's the cool thing too Because Rick doesn't know a lot I'm like the You know Average fan Above mm -hmm. average fan mm -hmm. And you're an expert in this So you know He can right. ask questions That the, our listeners Probably would be wanting to ask too Because mm -hmm. we have You know mixed Like we have men Women Everyone listens to it And stuff And um, it's always cool When someone comes on Who's clearly passionate About what they do And knows a lot About what they do So Thank you. Guys. Anyways, man, it was uh, finally glad we got no, to make I'm this so happen. Finally, we did this, man. Yeah. Fuck, I, was just I like, didn't even know like, what I was coming to, but this is like, not what I thought I was coming. Yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, like, that's a good thing. No, you guys yeah. know your shit, and I appreciate like, you, you do your shit well. Yeah. Like right back at you, and wish you the best of luck, man. Hopefully, Thanks, you know you have a, a long, long, fruitful career, and and personally, like as a, as a fan, I pray that we have bigger fights down the road in Canada and the Canadian boxing. Well, I'll pride destroying. myself on trying to make them. Yeah. 
We need like if I could go to Scotiabank Arena, Scotiabank Arena, and see your guy with the bricks and the guns fighting for the WCW. What's his name? What's his name? Dusty Hernandez Harrison. Dusty We're, Hernandez Harrison. His dad's fucking nuts. I don't know my <laughs> but he's like, do you think there's any way, any fucking way, you can get this guy a fight in Canada? I was like, maybe if we bring him on a boat in the reserves or something. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna do it. We can fucking he's get not him getting here. across the board. <laughs> yeah, that, that was six bricks. If we couldn't get Chris Brown in here, I don't yeah, think he's yeah. coming. <laughs> Bro, I used to hey. do random side note. I used to do nightclub promo back in the yeah. day too. We booked Joel Santana, and I was like, "Fuck, this is gonna be sick." In a nightclub, I like, got him for cheap. Didn't make it across the border, and I'm thinking, "I'm like, like, did nobody check this?" Like, yeah, I know, right? Booking agent, like, did nobody realize that he was? It's like, like, it was like a clear no. It was. I was like, "What the fuck did we just do? Like, what was the point of this, anyways?" So a lot of the um, like pre-fight press conferences to announce the fights. Those were used a lot of the times to see if the individuals could get in the countries. Oh, interesting. So, like, Makes you sense. test the waters to see because if the guy gets fucking denied for the press conference, then don't fucking announce the fight. Uh, because a lot of times, like, I know for a fact, I don't work with American matchmakers as much because a lot of them, A, don't have passports or have child support issues. And they get nabbed at the border. And they'll never tell you because if they tell you, yeah. then they know the they're not getting So, they're yeah. going to roll the dice for you and then you fucking get screwed. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. You bring these guys up. I love him. hearing all these things. I never would have known these it's things. It's the inside right? scoop. Yeah, inside yeah, yeah. scoop. Yeah. Lee, man, pleasure having you on. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, guys. We'll get you back on for sure. Cool. Yeah, made it to them. We appreciate you. Cheers, guys. See ya. Uh, that was awesome. Was pleasure, man. Uh, let's, get a, let's get a pick, too. Yeah, yeah. I got to take a quick piss.